You're listening to the Ambition Podcast. I'm Emma Buckin, Communications and Insights Assistant at the Association of MBAs. I spoke to Sita Zolta Papita. We spoke about the lifelong learning as a vital part of his business school offering and about London Libations. Here's that conversation. So, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your career, please? Uh, actually, I have two tracks uh, in my career. So, if I may start with the academic one, I might say that I graduated as a mathematician. And uh, at the beginning of my career, I was a, a researcher. And I think uh, the most successful part of my research career was when I got um, a Fulbright scholarship. So I spent a year in California, and I really enjoyed uh, to, 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 to do some research there. But in 2000, you know, I started another career, and that's about university administration. So in 2000, I was appointed as the international director of my university. Uh, and then uh, after returning from my Fulbright scholarship, I was asked to, to lead a unit which was dedicated to our international study programs. And I did that uh, from 2007. And in 2014, I continued as the dean of the Corvinus Business School. Uh, but um, uh, the structure of our university has just recently changed. So instead of uh, having the schools and faculties, now we introduce the kind of matrix structure. So we do not have faculties and schools anymore. So uh, that's how my deanship uh, uh, did end. And uh, from this February, I have a new position. And um, my new position is uh, I'm, I'm the vice president of international relations and accreditations, obviously, at the university level. So more or less, in a nutshell, that's my, that's my career. Well, congratulations on your new job. Yeah. Yes, you know, it means that, uh, you know, I changed my, my jobs, but uh, I was serving the same institutions for almost more than 30 years. <laughs> but in every seven years, uh, as it is expected, I changed my position. <laughs> so it was not boring at all. So what about lifelong learning? Um, do you think it's an essential part of a business school's offering? I, I fully agree with you that uh, lifelong learning is a great opportunity for all schools uh, offering business programs because, you know, higher education is a kind of natural hub uh, for establishing a lifelong learning system. Uh, just reflecting on the fact that uh, uh, in our days, you know, people are living longer, luckily, and uh, as a consequence, they they change their profession much more frequently than in the past. And uh, well, <laughs> my my example is not the best one, but as I just explained, you know, I changed my 
position, uh, but still uh, within the same framework. However, typically, uh, people change their profession, and that can create an increasing demand for postgraduate and executive education. Uh, this is how we define, by the way, lifelong, lifelong learning here at Corvinus. And, you know, we made a kind of research. Uh, we asked uh, our, our adult students about their motivations, and uh, we were not surprised, but it's still interesting that they identified uh, four typical reasons why they were willing to continue uh, their studies after graduation. And, um, uh, you know, we, we, we understood that some, some, some uh, professionals with different background and business, uh, for example, medical doctors, engineers, lawyers, pharmacists, uh, uh, return back uh, to our school uh, because they want to learn more about business, especially when uh, they are offered um, uh, a position when they need this kind of business knowledge. For example, when they uh, could uh, be appointed as the head of a hospital, which could be a good example. The other group of uh, students uh, really want to become experts in a certain field. You know, they had a general degree in business and management, for example, or leadership management, but they want to know more about a certain field like fintech or logistic management or whatever else. Uh, the third group is um, uh, the group of those uh, applicants who would like to be promoted. And, you know, uh, in Hungary, in certain position, they require, I mean, the employers require that the candidate should have at least a master's degree or an MBA. So that's another motivation. And the fourth uh, group, which we really uh, like the most, who just really want to change the world and they are willing to expand their knowledge and they want to learn something uh, which is new, which is the latest. So more or less, uh, you know, when we think about our lifelong learning offers, we try to provide the supply for these four groups. So you kind of talked about some themes that these courses might offer, but what um, like specific courses are offered at your school? Ah, yeah, okay. So uh, back to the motivations, you know, some of the candidates or applicants are really interested in short, f focused programs which are ending with a degree. So they really need a degree. Uh, an official degree issued by the university. And there are others who are just, uh, as I explained before, uh, interested in uh, refreshing their knowledge uh, in a certain area. And, you know, they do not care of any paper, any degree. They really focus on the knowledge they can gain. And uh, since, you know, these applicants typically work, 
we should be very flexible in a delivery mode. So we, we first of all, uh, um, we, we try to provide very relevant and attractive topics. And uh, we try to make the instruction very exciting. And we try to be flexible. So we offer evening courses. We offer corresponding courses. We offer blended learning, which is the most popular way of uh, delivery nowadays because, you know, they can use their time as they uh, can cope with the, the, the challenges of uh, uh, learning. Uh, but at the same time, they, they still can uh, meet each other, not only the professors, but, but the classmates. And, and I think in, in, uh, in um, postgraduate studies, uh, that's one of the main advantages that the students can learn from each other, not only from the professor. And we also offer short courses, specialized programs, MBAs, EMBAs. So we offer a great variety of, 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 uh, of forms and courses and programs. So you talked a little bit about the like flexibility being maybe a challenge to like allow everyone to participate but is there other challenges associated with providing lifelong learning yeah i think you know um i but as i said um if we think about challenges you know um the 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 the, the most serious challenge is that these people are busy during the days and you know they have to perform and 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 uh, besides uh, uh, doing their business, you know, they 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 still have to perform uh, for the credits and 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 the degrees, and also, you know, sometimes they have uh, they have uh, family issues, uh, they have uh, problems in 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 their career paths, uh, you know, uh, they, they change their positions, like, you know, uh, they are promoted and they have to travel more, so they are not able to attend classes anymore. So there are several reasons why they, uh, you know, sometimes drop out uh, from, from, the, from the courses or for the programs or delay the graduation. So... For them, we can offer several solutions. You know, they might apply for a passive semester or they can postpone their exams or we can try to, to support them. To be honest, we are much more flexible with postgraduate students than uh, in a case of a bachelor student. I, I, know what, I, I hope you know what I mean by that. So we really appreciate a lot that uh, these lifelong learners really do something extra uh, beyond their uh, everyday duties in their workplaces. Is there other ways that you can stay engaged with um, alumni after they graduate? Yes, first of all, you know, um, uh, as, I, as, I, as I mentioned, uh, we, can, we can attract them by, by offering very exciting programs. And let me just mention a few topics which uh, 
uh, might give you an idea about uh, our offers. So we, we, we offer special programs in supply chain management, lean management, public procurement, international distribution, customs logistics, leadership and communication, tourism management, cultural tourism, project management, real estate management, HR management, uh, design communication, fintech managers, fintech management. So topics, you know, which um, which can really attract them. And uh, you know, when we when we advertise these programs, we really focus on the alumni uh, because we uh, could build up uh, a quite strong alumni network. And through that network, we can we can distribute the information. However, you know, as the Americans uh, used to say, we started to cultivate our alumni. So we send messages, we organize special events uh, exclusively for them. When we time to time invite a prestigious invited guest speaker. And uh, these events are actually very popular. And we also try to involve our alumni in many different ways, like in mentoring our, our full-time students, I mean bachelors and masters. We ask them to provide business projects for our regular students. We invite them to consult EasySworks. Uh, very popular when we involve them in case study competitions by providing cases or or uh, sitting in a jury or sometimes they can offer sponsorship uh, and some of them are willing to do some lecturing uh, we also invite uh, uh, one of the alumni typically uh, to take part in our program development committees, and uh, in 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 this capacity, you know, they they can suggest uh, uh, new ideas, and and we are very grateful for that. And we also obviously uh, organize social events, and uh, well, one of the most uh, successful social event was when we organized. We have very good experts in, in wine business and uh, we organized a, a kind of wine tasting and that was, that was very, very successful. Uh, we can also mention donation uh, as a special link. With alumni. We are not good in that, I, I'm honest, you know, because uh, it's not typical in Hungary. We do not have the culture of donating, but we, we've started to think about that as well. But we are at the very beginning of that, that process. Sorry. <laughs> so you mentioned that your favorite kind of students were the ones that were coming in because they wanted to save the world. Do you think that... Yeah, well, we have some, yes, luckily. Yes. Do you think that there's a conflict between business schools producing graduates who are ethical and sustainable leaders? And those who are producing graduates who need to fulfill the needs of today's top employers, are those goals kind of aligned? Uh, well, I think uh, that's the duty of the, the, the schools uh, teaching business um, uh, to, to act as a bridge 
between the students and the, the, the employers and follow or distribute the principles of ethical, responsible and sustainable management, uh, as we call it the EARTH uh, criteria. Uh, because I think it should be the future generation who should represent these ideas. And um, for that purpose, you know, uh, we initiated a very, very uh, frequent uh, uh, conversation with the representatives of the business community. I, as a dean, had an advisory board and uh, well, I will have, I will continue to run this advisory board in the, in the future as well. And uh, within the framework of this advisory board, you know, we discuss that kind of topics about ethical behavior, responsible uh, way of thinking, and how can we make business sustainable. And I think uh, uh, through that, you know, we could uh, reach a kind of common understanding. And uh, we got the full support from the business side when we, uh, when we showed them that we tried to incorporate in our curriculum these uh, principles and they were fully supportive uh, in that. So I think, I think uh, we achieved a lot in this respect. And you know, through our postgraduate uh, um, programs, like lifelong, lifelong learning programs, when some of them return to, to study at Corvinus, we try to share with this kind of thoughts with them as well. I guess another big kind of trend is technology. Um, how is Corvinus and business schools as a sector, um, how can they stay relevant when tech disruptors are changing the way we do business so quickly? <laughs> Well, you know, we, we, we thought that uh, we had time to think about that kind of questions, but suddenly the virus came. <laughs> and, and I think this is the, the largest disruption. <laughs> and uh, I think uh, we, we were first shot, obviously. But uh, I wouldn't think what we could do, you know, in a week we could uh, switch to fully online instruction. So uh, we are a quite big university and uh, nowadays we teach more than 3,000 courses online. That's unbelievable, but true. <laughs> and, you know, we were forced to invent a very, very new innovative way of uh, uh, seminars and and uh, student engagement, and just before uh, we started this 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 discussion, I had a departmental meeting from ten ten to twelve, and uh, you know I was so much impressed that my colleagues at my department were so enthusiastic about these new ways as we teach now, new innovations. So I think. Uh, probably that's the only positive <laughs> consequence of the virus that uh, we, we will not wait for a few other years uh, to move towards uh, blended learning, towards online instruction. So I think that's how we will cope 
uh, the, the technological challenges. Obviously, uh, the, 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 the much more digital in student services. Uh, and uh, in, the, in the future, I think we will devote much more attention to the practical relevance of what we teach. And also, we will be much more flexible when we are delivering something because, you know, this um, uh, COVID <laughs> crisis showed us that the face-to-face -face, uh, instruction could be easily replaced by uh, online teaching, and uh, that's much more, uh, uh, much more popular, not only among the students, but surprisingly among the the instructors as well. So I think uh, that, well, in my understanding, you know, obviously um, professors and instructors are complaining that they are very busy, very busy, but some of them mentioned that uh, they gain so many positive experiences which will uh, make them think to continue, <laughs> you know, their courses in the same way as they had to do it right now because of the disruption. So that's, that's how we cope with it. <laughs> do you think that COVID will change the way that business schools teach in the future? Do you think this will have like a very long-lasting impact? Uh, sure. You know, I fully agree with those who, who started to argue that when we will be back to the normal, the normal will be different. I, I'm, I'm sure. And that's true in higher education as well. And, uh, you know, um, since now I am mainly responsible for international relations, obviously I started to think about, you know, uh, the international students whom we immediately send back home, you know, when the virus reached Hungary. And we also called back our students. But now, obviously, we are working on how to restart this international relations. And I'm still convinced, you know, that uh, once the virus, uh, well, I can't say it will be over, but at least I'm, I might say we can treat it. Once we will have a vaccine, you know, I think uh, everything will be much more easier. And I think we should still insist on supporting the mobility of the students, uh, even the mobility of the lifelong learners, you know, uh, lifelong learners. Like, uh, you know, we had a... Um, we have a double degree program with Fudan University, and we're supposed to send uh, our students to Shanghai just in April. <laughs> Obviously, we had to cancel, but I'm still convinced that once we are back to the normal, the new normal, and we will have the vaccine and we can, we can prevent them, it's very important still to have these mobilities, these international links, to learn more about each other and to give the opportunity to our students to to visit the other parts of the of, of the world, and I I, I strongly believe that uh, uh, hopefully not in the further future, but in the near future, we'll be back again 
and we will have business trips and we will host international conferences. But you know, for that, we should be able to prevent our, our students and our professors and the vaccine could be the only solution for that. Until we should have a very intensive communication about the dangers and about the protection. So that, that's the solution in my understanding. And you know, Corvinus University tried to be active uh, in all these ways as uh, it was listed by me right now. So we, we communicate, we plan ahead, and we hope that the vaccine will come soon. Oh, I definitely do as well. <laughs> so the last question is, how is Corvinus Business School dif different from other business schools? Like what is the differentiation Asian factor? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good question. First of all, which is obvious, you know, we are in a country uh, which is quite small, and here we speak a very strange language. <laughs> you probably heard that our language is, the, is used to be considered the third most difficult language uh, after Chinese and Hebrew, and it's, <laughs> I think it's true. So uh, I think uh, we, when we talk about internationalization, for us, that means that uh, we should be able to become bilingual, to teach not only in Hungarian, but in English. And by the way, we also teach in German as well. And, you know, our scope is uh, not only Hungary, but uh, we want to serve the whole region. So we want to be a kind of uh, leading school uh, in the region, and uh, for the region, you know, we use a kind of uh, geographical <laughs> uh, explanation. Uh, so for us, uh, the region where we want to be uh, leading school uh, starts from the north of Poland and goes down to the south of Greece. So if you imagine the map, you can you can imagine that we have very strong partners in the region. We try to collaborate with the region, but obviously we want to become global as well. And uh, for us, it's, it's a fantastic privilege to be a member of the SAMS Alliance uh, and, and other international networks like EIM and others. And uh, I think, uh, for us, um, the, the, the very, very, very high quality partners uh, uh, give the uniqueness. This is one of our unique selling points that we are, uh, I would say, the most international higher educational institution in Hungary. Thank you so much for talking to me today. It's been so good. Thank you very much. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, Zita, for being on the podcast and sharing such great insights on what the future of business education might look like. Make sure to check out the rest of our thought leadership at www.associationofmbas.com forward slash ambition and look out for the next Ambition podcast.